What's up, everybody? I've got, or I did, my MLB award predictions yesterday. The Cy Young and MVP. The big one is not going to do every single one this year. But now, I'm going to give you how I think the rest of the season plays out. And hopefully redeem myself from that dreadful World Series pick, Yankees versus Padres. I really wouldn't call it dreadful, but anyway, so like I did yesterday, I'll start off the AL, the American League. So this is obvious. The number one seed will be the Tampa Bay Rays, winners of the AL East. Now, well, maybe it's not that obvious because Boston is in second place right now. The remaining schedule is now is more favorable for the Tampa. Tampa has the Marlins, should win that series, then Houston. And then the Yankees. Both Houston and New York are on the road. So I'm sticking with Tampa winning that division to keep the number one seed. But Boston, the remaining schedule is the Yankees in Boston. Then Baltimore and Washington on the road. So they definitely could take this division from Tampa. But again, right now, I'm still picking Tampa. Second seed will be Houston. The Trashtros. Sorry, Astros. Had to make that joke. Sorry, diehard Houston fans. You know what? Now that I said that, I'm a big Dusty Baker fan. There, now it's evened out. I evened it out. If I want to be successful at this, I can't talk major trash. Anyways. The next closest team in that division is, well, there is Seattle at 83. Oakland at 82 with nine games left. Houston only needs to win one game. Then it's over for those two. Sorry, guys. Better luck next year. I think Houston takes the number two spot. I feel like the third seed will be Chicago. There's no denying that one. Now, back to Houston, though. Looking at both remaining schedules for Houston and the south side, Chicago has Cleveland, Detroit, two-game series against Cincinnati, and then Detroit again. Houston has L.A., Oakland, Tampa, and then Oakland. So I guess Chicago could take over the number two spot. But right now I'm sticking with Tampa at 1, Houston at 2, and then Chicago at 3. Then the wild card, it'll be Boston versus New York and Boston. Now with the wild card, even though it would be in Boston, due to me thinking it'll be in Boston, I still think New York would win. Most of the time, it's eight versus ace versus ace, starting pitcher versus starting number one pitcher versus number one pitcher, depending on where the rotation is at at the end of the season. So let's just act as it will be. It'd be Garrett Cole versus Chris Sale. So I think Garrett Cole... So I think I'll take Garrett Cole in that matchup. Could go either way. But I think New York will win. Then in the divisional round, it's number one seed facing the wild card winner. The lowest remaining seed. Which, which would be Yankees versus Rays. Now, I feel like this series can go either way, so I'm predicting it would go to a Game 5. And I think the Yankees have too much fire, firepower to go down on a winner-take-all, so Yankees would advance to the AELCS versus... On the other side, you have White Sox versus Houston. Same with the Yankees. I think Chicago has firepower and a lot of speed, and one of the best relief pitchers in the game, or closing pitchers in the game, and Liam Hendricks, and also you have Craig Kimbrell as their altern alternative closing pitcher. I think the series does go to five games as well. But in the ALCS, it's White Sox versus Yankees. I think the Yankees win it in five games. As much as I'd like to see a game seven, 
I don't know if Chicago can keep up with the Yankees. Now on to the National League. The number one seed will come down between the Giants and the Dodgers. One, as I type this, is sitting at 99 wins, the Giants. And the Dodgers are sitting at 98 wins. Looking at the remaining schedules, starting off with the Giants, they've got Colorado at home, who has been nearly unbeatable in Colorado this year. Then they earned off the regular season versus Arizona in Arizona, which would be a sweep. Then versus San Diego, who has been a letdown this year, but should at least put up a fight to at least end their disappointing season on a high note. So they might play spoiler, which I love it when teams do that. I absolutely love it. So for prediction's sake, say Giants drop the series 1-2 to two at Colorado, put them at 100 wins. That, that puts them at 100 wins. Sweeping Arizona, which you can't assume in baseball, but I'm just going in this case I'm going to put I'm going to have them sweep Arizona. We'll put them at 103 wins. And I think San Diego would try to play spoiler. So let's say they win the series, San Diego wins the series 2 to 1 and San Francisco is at 104 wins. Now on to LA, the Dodgers. They've got Arizona, assuming again assuming that would be a sweep, that would put them at 101 wins. Then San Diego, who again, spoiler, say they drop the series 1 to 2. Dodgers are at 102 wins. Then another National League powerhouse, which I'll get into, Milwaukee. I'd say Milwaukee loses the series, so that could put Giants and Dodgers at 104 as well. So that'd go to a head-to-head percentage or head-to-head record. Giants would take it as they have won the season series 10-9. to So Giants are the number, number one seed. Therefore, Dodgers would take the first wildcard spot. Number two seed, I'm just going to give this to Milwaukee. There are 91 wins. They've got St. Louis still sitting eight spots behind them in the uh, in the NL Central. The NL East is still undecided between the Braves and Phillies, so I think Milwaukee takes their division. Again, I know St. Louis is currently on a 12-game win streak, but I don't see them catching up to, to the Milwaukee. But I do think St. Louis... Sorry, one second. But I do think St. Louis hangs on to the second wildcard spot. Cincy or Philly could catch up, maybe even San Diego, but I'm not sure. Like I said, St. Louis is on a tear right now. I really don't think they cough up their spot. And I know San Diego could get into the wildcard, even though I didn't mention they're on a disappointing season. They're still only about five or six games back with nine games to go. I just don't see them winning out. I see them having, having a bit of a winning record on the end there, but I don't see them winning every single game to end off the season, especially with St. Louis six games ahead. For the third seed, it basically comes down between Philly and Atlanta. Atlanta has, well, they look like they're just going through the motions, and Philly is just on a roll right now, getting hot at the right moment. Like I've done, I'm going to go look at the rest of their schedules. They've got a series versus Atlanta. They've got a series versus San Diego, who could potentially play spoiler, like I've mentioned, and maybe even sweep Atlanta, and maybe even sweep Atlanta which would keep them at 80 wins. Then they've got Philly. I could see Philly taking that series 2-1. to one. Puts them at 81 wins. Atlanta, then they've got the Mets. Atlanta could sweep them. Could sweep that one, then take up and get up to 84 wins. 84 wins, that'd be 84-78 to end the season. Looking at the Philly schedule, they have Pittsburgh. Should have no problem sweeping that. Again, you never know in baseball, but just for prediction's sake, 
that would put them at 82 wins. I already said they'd win 2-1 to one versus Atlanta, so that's 84 wins. They're tied now. So most likely, they sweep Miami in the last series, which would put them at 87 wins. Therefore, by my predictions, Giants have the number one seed, Milwaukee has the number two seed, Phillies get the number three seed due to them winning the NL East. And the wild card would be LA versus St. Louis. Like the AL, I'm assuming it'd be Ace versus Ace, Max Scherzer versus Adam Wainwright, which are two of my top guys for the Cy Young winner in the National League. I, I love both guys. Both have played out of their minds this year. However, I'm giving the edge to Max Scherzer and the Dodgers. So the divisional round was set up like this. Milwaukee versus Philly, then the Dodgers versus the Giants. Both series go to five games. I think San Francisco would take it from L.A. shockingly. Then maybe, just maybe, Philly surprises Milwaukee in game five. So it'd be Philly versus L.A. And San Francisco taking it from L.A. wouldn't be shocking. It's just preseason predictions that would be shocking. But anyways... Maybe, like I said, maybe Philly surprises Milwaukee in Game 5. So it'd be Philly versus LA or San Francisco in the National League Championship Series. The only reason, I'm going to backtrack for a minute, the only reason I think San Francisco would take it from LA is because I kind of have a rule with overpowered teams. Not overpowered teams, but teams with too many stars. You tend to kind of combust. And I just think L.A. would combust. Not that maybe they wouldn't get along. It's just something wouldn't click right. And they would just kind of lose when it matters most. I wouldn't call that choking. They just won the World Series last year. But I guess by definition that would be choking. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And it is a major limb. But maybe some people predicted the Royals in 2014 and it was a major limb. Heck, they swept the A.L., and lost in seven games to San Francisco, so who knows? Philly kind of reminds me of that Royals team. They have a bit more firepower, a bit better pitching. I'm going to say Phillies takes the National League Championship Series from San Francisco in seven games. And then we got New York versus Philly, and under underdog versus the evil empire. I might be ejected into a mental institution after this prediction, but it's baseball, you never know. Plus, like I said, Phillies are getting hot at the right moment. It's just something I see. Who do I think wins the fall classic? You know what? I've gone this far. I'll do it again. Phillies win in seven games. I might be crazy saying it again, but I'm going out on a limb. A hanging limb might fall off. I don't know. But I'm being bold with this. You're welcome, Philly. Maybe it's my way of saying thank you for the Philly cheesesteak and chicken Philly. Love those. If my predictions are blown out of the water, I'll redo it when the playoffs get here. All right, next up is something a little different where the sports and entertainment part of this kind of intertwine. So you're going to kind of follow my lead here. I'm kind of going off script. I always type up something um, before I start this. Just kind of have an idea of what I'm going to talk about, which I already do, but I don't want to go on and on and on like I am right now. So give me a second, and I'll get this next seven going. Segment.
I really think my MLB playoff prediction is going to kind of bite me in the rear end. But I'm still sticking with it. I'm already rewriting it. Playoffs, I'm going to have it completely changed. Alright, so I'm going to talk about these three stars right now. There's a similarity between all three of them. Like I said, this is one of those segments where the sports entertainment name goes hand in hand. These three guys I'm a fan of, but they have their faults. They're not bad guys or anything, but this is more the entertainment aspect. I'm starting off with Machine Gun Kelly. Rapper, rock artist, whatever you want to refer to him as. So it's a bit of a backstory. His first two albums, Lace Up, dropped in 2012, and General Mission dropped in 2015. Both good albums, in my opinion. He was kind of someone I really listened to, when, at least in rap, when Eminem was on his hiatus in between 2013 and 2017. Um, wasn't really hiatus, but a hiatus when it comes to albums. But anyways, at the height of MGK's career, or the beginning, he had sent out a tweet referring to Eminem's oldest daughter, saying she's hot, pretty, beautiful, whatever you want to call it. At the time, I believe MGK was 21, and Eminem's daughter Haley was 16. It's kind of weird, Kells. Kind of pushing the line there. Anyways, that set off almost a two-year, not even two years, probably a six-year beef that has kind of blown over. But I'm really not here for that. I'm just kind of, like I said, I'm giving you a backstory. I'm here for what has happened recently. So as you know, Machine Gun Kelly's last rap album was Hotel Diablo. Probably his best album yet, in my opinion. That was in 2019. Then you had Tickets for My Downfall, or Tickets to My Downfall. His and Travis Barker's album was more of an alternative style with some rap slash hip-hop beats. More like horrorcore, which is like rap and rock mixed. Big fan of that type of music. That was a good good album, in my opinion, as well. Now fast forward to today, about a year later, or sometime in this past week, MGK was out on stage and called out Corey Tabor, Taylor, sorry, member of the rap group Slipknot, or Slipknot as a whole, I don't know if he called out Corey Taylor specifically, but, and he says something along the lines of them being clowns for being 50-year-old dudes up on stage wearing masks. You'll see my point in a minute. I'm going through the group guys first and then just kind of going on a rant. Now you wrestling fans for this next one, and maybe some non-wrestling fans know who CM Punk is. Real name Phil Brooks. He made a name for himself in the Indies. Independent wrestling league known as Ring of Honor. Eventually he was called up to WWE and made himself a star. WWE played a part in that too in trusting him. But I'll get into that at the end of the segment. Towards the end of his t- tenure, and I somewhat agree with him, somewhat don't. CM Punk had a lot of complaints when it came to the business aspect of Pro wrestling or WWE itself. His main complaint was them not wanting to bring in younger guys or at least bring them to the spotlight and relying on older established wrestlers, male and female. There's nothing wrong with that, but as guys get older, they kind of go off and do other things or they're just, they can't perform like they used to. And you just got to have a foundation of younger guys coming in and younger women coming in and getting ready for the future. Anyways, they did handle their women's division a lot better, but that's not the point here in CM Punk's case. There was also a time where CM Punk apparently had a staph infection. I'm not going to go through the story mainly because I don't want to get anything wrong, and also you can just kind of look it up. There's interviews, there's websites. I'm not exactly sure. Anyways, that WWE severely mishandled. So that's what led to him leaving in 2014. And this is one where I get really mad at WWE about 
Apparently, he even had a concussion or concussion-like symptoms in his last week there, and they still had him perform. And they still had him get thrown through a table, an announcer's table. I know it's fake, but some of the bumps they take are kind of real. And getting thrown through through an announcer's table, even if you know how to land right, even if it's a certain type of material, it's still going to give you a bit of a stinger. And I'm definitely sure that one did. And that was right before he left. Anyways, he went on to do movies, did some work for WWE through Fox Sports 1 called WWE Backstage. I think that show was canceled because of the pandemic. It was like just taken off air. It was a pretty good show. Something different. Something that kind of get the more sport-esque things outside of it for wrestling. And it's just really good for the business. But anyways, now he's back in wrestling after a seven-year hiatus. He's in, w- in AEW now, All Elite Wrestling. Now on to Aaron Rodgers. Sat under Brett Favre for a few years. And I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers comparing Aaron Rodgers to CM Punk and MGK. I'm sorry, Packers fans, but I just I feel like I got to do it. And I'm a big fan of all three of these guys. I love MGK's music. I love CM Punk as a wrestler. I love Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. But anyways, he started finally when Favre had a retirement fiasco. You guys know about that. He retired, then tried to come back, went to the Jets, and retired again, came back, went to the Vikings, and finally retired. Then won a Super Bowl in 2010, has multiple league MVPs, and now he's in possibly his last year in Green Bay due to multiple reasons. Some of those reasons are Mike McCarthy. I don't blame you on that one. They're letting go of players he wanted to keep. They're not taking care of players that need taken care of. They're it's just it's a whole mess. There's drafting a quarterback without calling him. Now they do they necessarily have to know, but it's kind of a polite thing to do with your franchise quarterback. It's like with Alex Smith. He was he's not a franchise quarterback like Aaron Rodgers was, but when he was in Kansas City, Chiefs called and said, Hey, we're gonna draft Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't really how do you feel about that, but they just let him know what's going on. And Alex Smith appreciated it, as I as would I. So I could see why he's frustrated with them drafting Jordan Love, but of course they have to prepare for their future. And then this past offseason, everyone knows, and there was a sit-down. I didn't watch the sit-down interview, but it was between Aaron Rodgers and I think it was Aaron Andrews on Fox, their NFL Fox show, or aired on that. And Aaron Rodgers was basically saying he didn't know if they were committing to him past 2021, and it still sounds like they aren't. Because they basically gave him what they they wanted. Um, I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers and even his teammate Devontae Adams. uh, naming this the last dance mainly because there's that was Michael Jordan's thing the Bulls thing there's a lot more championships involved in that not just one and maybe call this season the last chance in Green Bay I don't know but anyways I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of whiny if you listen to him on the Pat McAfee show he's talking about how and if you guys know Aaron Rodgers has no relationship with his family. I don't know if that's him or his family's fault. I don't know. I'm not getting into that. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. Um, but he's saying all these people don't know what they're talking about when it comes to a situation with the Packers, don't know anything about them. And he's talking about media members, people with the blue Twitter check mark, which for the most part, they're doing their jobs. Like, they're analysts, Aaron. Like, what do you want them to do? Not talk about you at all? You're just MVP. You're one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Like, are they not supposed to talk about you? Are they not supposed to speculate? I understand some go over the line and say things they shouldn't say, but they're just doing their job, man. Like, let them do their job. 
And this is me doing my job. I don't have a blue check mark. I'm not getting this really isn't a job. This is more of a hobby for me right now. Maybe it turns into something, but we'll see. He's just, they're just doing their job. It, you, that's where I compare you to MGK and CM Punk because your antics are just, like, what? What are you doing? Just play football. And I shouldn't be one of the people who says, hey, just play football. What are you doing? But at the same time, just do your thing. Plan for retirement. Enjoy life with your wife, Shailene Woodley. Um, do what you can to do for Green Bay. Go play for a couple of years. Go host Jeopardy. I loved watching you on Jeopardy. You were great. You're smart. You had a great, great post-retirement career, possibly. I, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. But, and then back to MGK... can't believe he called out Slipknot for wearing masks. Something that's been their MO for years. And didn't you... I can't remember what the VMAs, the MTV... Didn't you paint your tongue black? Like, I know you're not 50, but didn't you paint your tongue black? Like, who are you to call out guys for wearing masks while you're painting your tongue black? I, I'm all for you changing up your style. I'm all for trying new things, but... What are you doing, man? You have no business calling people out. No business whatsoever. None. Just get get out of here with that. It, and this is more of another rant segment. I'm just kind of comparing the three. And really not a compare. I'm just kind of ranting. Something I wanted to get off my chest. That's what my show is for, too. Because maybe when I start having callers on and having interviews on, not callers, but interviews, I'll let them rant. And then CM Punk, I I understand, and I love WWE, I love AE, I don't love AEW, I'm slowly getting into it. What I don't understand is, I know you had bad feelings with WWE, things don't always work out. I've had jobs where things didn't work out for me, but it worked out for other people. It's just the way it is. And maybe that's the case with him, but I just feel like he calls out WWE so much and says, you guys suck. Not, not like you guys suck, but you guys don't know what you're doing. You guys don't consider it pro wrestling. And right now, they're not really considering pro wrestling. They're considering it sports entertainment, which in a sense it is. But it's also pro wrestling, which it does frustrate me that WWE doesn't call pro wrestling sports entertainment. But still, I I don't know. I feel like these guys' antics, MGK, CM Punk, and Aaron Rodgers, are kind of old already. I love them. I can't wait to see if MGK ever goes back to rap because I prefer him as a rapper. I can't wait to see CM Punk's career take off from here. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I honestly want to see where he goes after Green Bay. But I just feel like some of their antics are kind of childish. They're kind of old. And I understand you're not always going to be happy or MGK's trying to change up things and make a name for himself. But it's just something I kind of wanted to rant about and get off my chest. So I'm going to leave it with that today. I do have a couple more things I want to go over tomorrow. I do want to talk about WWE and WWE and AEW, what WWE's been kind of doing this past couple weeks, and then AEW, something they're doing. Um, didn't really mean to call out or kind of rub anybody the wrong way, because I have maybe 10 listeners at this point. It's mainly just close friends and family. Some days it's going to grow. Somebody's going to go back and listen to it and be like, well, maybe that guy had a point, or wow, that guy's a freaking idiot. What is he talking about? Who knows? We'll see. That's all I have for you guys today. I'll have one more episode tomorrow. I'll take the weekend off, then another five episodes next week. When I go back to my job, my uh, 
going to do about three episodes a week, trying to alternate. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll have the energy to do five five episodes a week, but for the most part, it'll be three to five episodes a week from here on out. And here pretty soon, I'm going to start interviewing people that are either our close friends or somebody in entertainment. Whatever I can do to grow this show, kind of make it a career. I want to have a good night. Enjoy the rest of this Panthers-Texans game. Sam Donald, I think, has saved my fantasy team. I'm 0-2. I'm frustrated. I was desperate, so I started Sammy D. Hopefully this helped out. Have a good night, guys.